Okay, we're going to get started. We're diving into um, lesson number three of our Undisciplined series. I'm hoping that this week as you were kind of practicing into practice, putting, pushing down our flesh, filling up with the Spirit, that you just had moments where you were recognizing, okay, Lord, there are times that I just have to recognize that my flesh is rising up, and I, I want to have good fruit. I want to have the Holy Spirit um, growing in me. And so um, we've talked kind of general for the last two weeks. Now we're going to dive into specific topics uh, when it comes to being disciplined. Um, so the next... Uh, next eight or so weeks will be fun in that we're going to really dive into specific things that uh, we can find ourselves undisciplined about. And today's probably one of the biggest, probably the biggest, I would say, things that I would say are a struggle, and that is having an undisciplined mind. Having a mind that um, my thoughts can seem to just go any which way. Um, in the morning, I might have a thought, and it's like I jump on that train, and then the train just keeps going, and all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, why am I thinking about that? And sometimes I'll even catch myself going like, why in the world would I be thinking about that or meditating on the very worst possible thing or thinking about um, things that are bad? I was actually, I caught myself, again, we talked about last week and you're doing Discipline Challenge about catching yourself. I caught myself a few weeks ago, just I think my daughter was talking to somebody, and I woke up the next morning just thinking about like, like this negative conversation and and then throughout the day it was like I'd be fine and my mind it was like it was like a magnet that just wanted to go back to that negative thing every time and I kept catching myself like why why would I do that like it doesn't even have anything to do with me why would I do that why would I keep going back to the worst possible thing um there's a great book and um Dr. Carolyn Leaf is actually um, a neuroscientist I think River Valley had her a couple maybe last year, and I watched some of her messages. It's a great book about neuropathways that we have in our minds. She's actually a, a believer, but she's written these books about how our brains work and our minds and how we can actually create these ruts and these patterns where we just, it's just habitual the way that we think. And so when we are going to talk today about having self-control in what you're allowing to go through your mind, this is probably the biggest game changer, I think, it could be the biggest game changer in our lives. Um, when we're talking about having peace, having joy, having contentment, a lot of that has to do with what is happening in, in my mind and how I'm thinking. Um, the average person has 70,000 thoughts per day. That's a lot. <laughs> coming in and coming out. Um, and a few years ago, I read a book that I thought was so interesting. Maybe some of you read it called Men Are Waffles and Women Are Spaghetti. Have you ever read that book? So here's the premise of the book. The book is that men are like waffles. So if you looked at the top of a waffle, you would see, you know, the little squares that you pour the syrup in and everything, you know, they kind of stay within those. And that's how men think, that their lives are very compartmentalized. So if they're in their work box, they're in their work box. Like, they're not thinking about other things. When they're in their work, they just are in that little box and everything kind of stays contained. And then they come home and they're in their, in their home box. And then you're, you're nodding. You all, you understand this. Yes. And then they're in the, like, I'm watching TV box. And so they don't hear the children. <laughs> they don't see what's going on. They're, they're in that box. And so that's just the way that their minds are made up. Men are like waffles, but women are spaghetti. So if you were to look at a plate of spaghetti from the top, 
noodles would all be intertwined. You wouldn't be able to see which one is here. You know, there's no, you know, dividing out. They're all interconnected. They're all meshed together. And that is why when we're watching TV, we're still noticing what the kids need and thinking about, I should go change the laundry and thinking about this and wondering if we should call our mother and wondering what's going on because it's all just intertwined. And that's why, you know, when let's say your husband and you have a fight and you're very angry with him and you're like, oh, and he, you finally resolve the fight and then he comes over and he's like, hey, you want to go hang out upstairs? And you're like, you have got to be crazy. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't like you right now. And he's like, what? That box is done. I've moved over into this box, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because they compartmentalize everything. But for us, it's all connected right? Everything is connected. So if my kids are having a hard day, it affects me when I go to work. When I'm having a conflict with my husband, it affects how I parent my children. When I'm having a bad day just, you know, with a relationship with a friend, I find it's affecting this over here because everything for us is connected. And that's why I think this topic about our minds is challenging for us as women because everything feels connected. And there could be one thing that's a little off kilter. And it can make everything feel off kilter. And so learning, um, and I think the older I get, the more I'm learning to sort all those noodles out a little bit and start going, what, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? Getting curious about what's going on right now. This feels like everything is, is gone sideways, but is it really everything? Maybe there's just one thing that I can work on. So I think that that's very, very interesting. God tells us that we need to be careful what we think about. Over and over in scripture, he talks about the things that we meditate on. Uh, Psalm 94, 11 says, um, God knows our thoughts. He knows the things that we're struggling with. We need to be meditating on things that are good and not uh, thinking of things that are, are um, going to lead us down the wrong path. So in the book, I talk a little bit about, I'm going to just skip over it pretty quick today about, um, imagine if your, your mind was TV channels, okay? So we all kind of have our favorite place that we like to hang out. We all have kind of that thing that we like to you know, if I'm going to turn on the TV, I know my three numbers <laughs> of TV channels that I like to go to. It's, it's HGTV and the Food Network and Care 11 because I like their news and, you know, and I like Julie. And so I have like my three little channels. And for all of us, we kind of have those channels in our minds that we like to go through. In the book I talk about, for some of it, it's you like to camp on the history channel. You're always thinking about the things in the past. You like to relive things that happened. You kind of like to camp out there. That's kind of your favorite channel. You maybe think about your past mistakes a lot. Maybe you think about the way things used to be. You're thinking about um, things, better days. You kind of just, your mind, when you're just sitting, you're thinking about the past. Um, maybe it's the rerun channel. Um, for some of you, you just like to replay everything in your mind. Now, you'll know you like the rerun channel when you leave You'll leave Bible studies today, and you'll get in the car, and you'll start thinking about all the conversations, and then you'll think, oh, I shouldn't have said that. That probably sounded really stupid. I shouldn't have said that. I wonder what they thought of me, and I wonder if they thought that this and this and this, and you'll replay it, and then by the time you get home, it'll be huge, like, that 
perhaps you said the stupidest thing possible and everyone around the table was like, oh, can you even believe you've blown it up so mind, but you, you replay things over in your mind over and over again. You just, it's just habitual that anytime you have downtime, you just start rehashing, thinking about the things you should have said, thinking about what other people said. Well, maybe she said that, but was that directed at me? You know, when you, when you, when you open Facebook and you see somebody's post, you start thinking, is that, is that for me? Are they saying that to me? Is that, is that personal? You replay things over and over again. Um, some are the reality TV channel. That means you like to think about other people's lives. You like to think about what other people are doing. You, you see what other people are doing, and it will bother you all day long thinking about why your sister is not doing the thing that you asked her to do. You gave her really, really good advice. Why would she not follow your advice? And you, you see what other people are doing, and it will bother you all day long thinking about what other people are doing. And maybe it's just some kind of, I put on, on there the, um, the learning channel. I was thinking about TLC and how they have just like those crazy shows on there like Hoarders and My Strange Addiction and I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant, which God bless you if you don't know you're pregnant. I don't know how that happens. But that channel, have you ever watched like Hoarders and then all of a sudden you would think, am I a hoarder? <laughs> and I start looking around my house. Do I have that? Do I have a strange addiction? I don't eat the cushions of my couch, but maybe I have something. Do I have that? And to me, that is worry and anxiety. You hear things, you see things. Um, I have a friend that we just have to just tell her, you are not allowed to Google anything because as soon as she hears something, um, she Googles it and then she's like convinced that she has it. Do you have a friend like that? And we're like, no, it's fine. Or the, you know, she gets weather alerts and I finally told you, you have to turn off the weather alerts because you're always thinking like, there's an alert, it must be coming, the tornado's gonna hit my house. And it's just like worry and anxiety. And maybe, maybe that's you. If there's something to worry about, it will find its way into your brain and you're you've just trained yourself to think of the worst possible situation and so um, anxiety has grabbed hold. I was watching um, a Beth Moore show uh, at her TV show last week and she was talking about anxiety and she was talking about a verse in, in First Peter, I think it was First Peter, that was talking about um, anxiety, cast your anxieties on him and she was talking about anxiety is that feeling of if this happens to, be, to me, I won't be able to cope. If that happens, I won't be able to cope. And so somehow we feel like if we can think about it enough, maybe it won't happen or maybe we'll be prepared. Um, Over and over again, it's that feeling of this, what if that happened to me? If that thing happened to me, there's no way I could cope with that. And we all can do that. We can look at other people's situations. We can look at what other people are going through and think, if that happened to me, I would be done. I could not be able to cope with that. And yet the word of God says over and over and over again that when you are in the weak, your very weakest, when you are in a place where you think this is the worst thing that could have ever happened, there is a grace that comes and his strength is made perfect. And so when, we, when we're feeling like if that thing happens, I won't be able to cope, we have to remind ourselves of the promises of God's word that not he's going to keep us from the fire, but when we walk through the fire, when we do go through things like that, we will not be overcome. The flames will not set you ablaze. When you walk through deep waters, you will not drown. And so we have to remind ourselves over and over again that anxiety is saying, I won't be able to cope, but God has promised in our weakest moments, he'll be strong. I often think, why do we let our thoughts focus 
on such negative things? Why do we do that? Why do we let them um, be so rampant and uncensored? Um, I would say there have been seasons of my life where I have been tormented by my thoughts. Just, it's like the, the thing on your shoulder that's just constantly poking at you, tormented. And surely that is not God's best for us. Surely that is not what he wants for us. He does not want us to live lives of constant torment because we are thinking and focusing on the things that make us unsettled and steal our joy and our peace. We have to get this under control. Psalm 13, 12, the psalmist says, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? And Psalm 55, 2 says, Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me, and I am distraught. Soren Kierkegaard said, Our life always expresses the result of our dominant thoughts. When we let our thoughts go, we will find ourselves controlled by the way our minds go. So our thoughts are powerful, and they will think, they will determine a lot about the way we live. So we have to be mindful of this. And you know what the truth is? God cares what you think about. I think there are times that I think, well, it's not hurting anybody else. Like, it would be way worse if I was saying all the things that I was thinking, right? Imagine if I actually said those things are loud or, or I thought it, but I didn't act on it. I didn't do it. I didn't, you know, I was just thinking about it. My thoughts, it can be our own little private um, place of indulgence. It can be our own little place that, no, you know, I'm not bothering anybody else. I just, we can kind of just coddle either feeling like a victim. We can coddle feeling like people have wronged us. We can just, it can become this secret hideaway because we think, well, I'm not hurting anybody else. And yet the truth is God cares about what you think. Uh, Jesus tells a story in Matthew 5 that shows he cares about what, I what, what we think about. And it says in verse 27, you've heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. This is kind of a scary <laughs> verse because Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? I'm glad you're not doing it, but you're on the hook if you thought about it. That's a big deal. He cares about it. Is he cares about our actions, but he's saying there, if you think it, you're responsible for it. If you're thinking it, you're responsible for it. Just because it's inside of us doesn't mean that it is not destructive. It doesn't mean that it is God's best for us. And the truth is he knows everything we think about, and he knows, and he's saying we need to get stronger in this area. And I truly believe that if we got stronger in our minds, that every other place in our lives would get better. We're going to talk about, you know, over the next few weeks, controlling your, your mouth, right? But how many know by the time it comes out of our mouth, it's been in here a really long time. <laughs> by the time it actually comes out, we've been thinking about it a long time. I always laugh when I'm upset with my husband and I start thinking, thinking like, oh, he, okay, but this is our new thing. He just leaves the milk jug empty on the counter. I've been married 20 years. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> like, I just can't say it any more times. I just think, is it ever going to change? And I've started like, um, Brene Brown says this in one of her books, what is the story you're making up? 
And so we started using this language. I finally said to him, I pick up the jug. The story I'm making up is that you just think that I am here to throw away your garbage. Like, who do you think is going to throw this away? I'm glad you get your cereal and you want to go sit on the couch and eat it, watching Sports Center. That's fabulous. But every time I come into the kitchen and there is the milk jug on the counter, and I have just about had it. Like, seriously, man, we're going to have a problem if you don't start throwing away your milk jugs. If you want to last another 20 years, this is going to start to be non-negotiable. And, but I've started thinking, again, he's just, he's not thinking about it. He's in his Sports Center cereal waffle, bo- <laughs> waffle box. That's all he's thinking about. He's not thinking about the fact that I'm going to come in in a few minutes and I'm going to have to take the milk jug and put it away. But I start thinking, he doesn't care. He's inconsiderate. He doesn't love me. He has never loved me. As a matter of fact, how did we end up being, how did I end up being married to such a selfish person who never ever thinks about anything? He doesn't notice anything I do around here. And if I stop myself, I will say, huh, that story feels very true. That story is not true. How many times has Jeff Kerr proved in many different ways that he loves me, he sees me, he appreciates me? There are so many ways in which that is not true. But right now, the story that I'm making up is that that he does not care at all about me. And I think, I think it, think and think and think and think it. And then pretty soon, one day he'll walk in and I'm like, explode to proportions, really not meant for milk cartons, right? It's just like, wow, that seems like quite an over, and he'll look at me like, wow, that's, wow. And I realize I have been thinking it for weeks. And all of a sudden, it comes out of my mouth and it comes out so big. And yet, that's the thing that happens. If we could get our minds under control, if I could have talked myself out of that story as it was happening, then when it finally comes out of my mouth, it will be better. So I was really good yesterday because he had left something out. And I (laughs) was like, hi. (laughs) I would like to just, uh, there's a growing frustration that I have. And he's looking at me like, this seems like a trap. (laughs) I have a growing frustration. I feel like um, I'm putting away stuff all the time. I just put, I just put the milk in and now it's back out again. Could you help me with that? Okay. (laughs) He was like, is that it? Okay, I'm going to back out really slowly. But I found, oh, I didn't let it stir for a long time and grow. So anyway, what I'm saying, if we could get our thoughts under control, I think it would help in a lot of different areas. Um, I'm going to jump out. I'm going to talk a little bit of something that's not in the book. There's a verse uh, last year that I did a study on in 1 Peter, 1 Peter 1.13. So you might just want to jot that scripture down and you can look it up later. 1 Peter 1.13 says this, so think clearly and exercise self-control. Now that's in the New Living. 1 Peter 1.13. Think clearly and exercise self-control. That's a great verse that kind of blends the two things that we're talking about today. But some different versions of this scripture say it a little differently. The NAS version says, prepare your minds for action. Prepare your minds for action. And then if you grew up in church and you had an old King James Bible, it would say this, gird up the loins of your mind. How many of you are like, oh yeah, I've heard gird up the loins of your mind, right? Weird, weird translation. And so I was, I was studying one day and I read that and I'm like, what in the world does gird up the loins of your mind? First of all, loins is qu- quite a word, isn't it? I don't like any oi words, moist, loins, ointment. (laughs) All oi words just are weird to me. But what does gird up the loins of your mind mean? And so I did a little word study on it. 
And this is what it means. So back in Bible times, um, the men and women would wear long tunics. So they would wear these long, you know, kind of like a dress. And then when they would get ready to go into battle, they would gird up their loins. Now what that would mean is if they were running into battle, they would grab the bottom of their tunic or their little skirt, and they would tuck it into their belt. Because if they started running in battle, they would start tripping on the ends of their little skirt. And so they couldn't prepare for battle. They couldn't be fast. They couldn't start running and then find that their tunic was getting caught up around their ankles. It was the thing that would trip them up. And so girding up their loins meant that they took the bottom of their, their skirts and they would put it, tuck it inside of their belts, and then they were ready to go into battle. So when we talk about gird up the loins of your mind, I thought this was so interesting because we all have the things that just start tripping us up. And maybe it is anxiety. Maybe it is just negative thoughts. Maybe it's just critical of other people. Maybe it's, it's just critical of yourself. Whatever that thing is, we cannot be everything that God has us to be when we keep tripping over that same thing. And so I love that, that this verse that Peter says, hey, gird up the loins of your mind. Hike up your skirt, man. Quit tripping over that same thing. This place that you keep letting your mind go, it is tripping you up. It's tripping you up. And so be mindful. Get that thing under control, that thing in your mind that you keep going to. You are tripping over it all the time, and it is affecting every area. Prepare your mind for action. Prepare your mind. Get it under control. And their mind means your understanding, your intellect, your insight, your emotional thinking, your imagination. What's just about your imagination that you let run wild? Rick Renner, um, in his book, uh, Sparkling, what is it, Gems from the Greek, says, dealing with loose ends that exist in our mind. Don't let those loose ends just fly there. Remove those dangling areas of our thinking by the authority of the word of God. So I want you to think about that this week. What are those dangling areas in your thought life that keep tripping you up, that you keep keep falling over? Gird up the loins of your mind. Pull up your skirt and get that under control so you don't keep tripping over it. So what can we do to discipline our thoughts? We're going to just go through a few things today. The first is have a spirit-filled mind. So Romans 8, 6 says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. This is very interesting. This is, again, what we talked about last week. Who is winning that tug-of-war battle? Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. If you're just letting your thoughts go wherever they want to go without reining them in, you are going to have a miserable existence. But letting the Spirit control your mind. Look at what it says. It leads to life and peace. If those are the things, if we are determined to let the Spirit have reign of our minds, we will have peace and life. We can't just let our minds think about whatever they want to think about. Our flesh wants to take us over to judgment, to anxiety, to doubt, to unbelief, to thinking that's the worst thing that possible could ever happen is going to happen, to think that there's doubt, to doubt that God is for us, to doubt that there are good days ahead. And yet we have to let the Spirit pull us over to the things of God. We must let the Spirit renew our minds. Romans 8, 5, and 6 
says those who are dominated by the sinful nature, they think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. What are you letting go through your mind? Invite the Holy Spirit into your thoughts. And sometimes it's just being purposeful about saying, okay, Lord, I recognize that my thoughts are all over the place. Would you come into my mind today? I want you to have rule and reign. I want you to come and you to have control over my thoughts. Refuse to just let them go wherever they want to go, but bring them under the authority of Jesus. Bring them back in to alignment. If this is the truth of what God says. Um, I put some of these books um, some of you don't come here. On Sunday mornings, we've been talking about anxiety and depression, and we put together a booklet of scriptures that have just, these are things that have helped me work through all kinds of anxiety, and um, I have found nothing better to help rein my mind back into the control of the Spirit, but then just quoting scripture. Because sometimes I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to, you know, think, okay, God, I'm thinking, can you help me? But I have learned if I have a scripture I, if I have a scripture that I, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And sometimes I just have to say that one over and over and over again. And that is bringing my thoughts under alignment of the Holy Spirit again. I'm not going to, my mind, yep, you want to keep taking me over there, but I am not letting you. I'm bringing it back under the authority of Jesus. Verse 6 again from Romans said, letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So keep coming to that. Keep pushing down the flesh and filling yourself up with the spirit. The second way we can discipline our thoughts is to train your brain. Okay, so I'm going to give you some practical things of kind of some ways that I have learned. Because this is one of those areas you just are going to have to practice a little bit. And uh, again, we get so used to just kind of letting our mind go whatever. I have to catch myself, um, catch myself thinking. There's an old James Taylor song that we had on some old CD. I don't even know if it's on, it was some, from a live concert. And he used to sing, uh, the song had the word Lucy in it, which is why I liked it. But he'd say, oh, Lucy, God have mercy. I've got to stop thinking about that. And he would say, I used to walk around my house singing that, got to stop thinking about that. Because it was just like, oh, man, it just keeps going there. And I would just think, you know what? Stop thinking about it. Just stop thinking about that. Stop. When you catch yourself going there, stop. Just stop. Stop thinking about that all the time. If you are the, in the habit of just entertaining whatever thoughts pop into your head, stop. Be very aware of what you're thinking about. And you might have to just go into strict training for a few weeks and just literally be on guard and be like, as you're going, you're in the car. Okay, I'm getting ready to get in the car. What am I going to be thinking about on this car ride? I am right now, I'm going to think about this and this and this. I'm not going to think about that. Phil, you know, you're going to have to go into strict training. I'm not just letting whatever thought pops into your head run rampant. So train yourself that way. So here are a few ways that I have learned to train my brain. One is listening. Okay, now this sounds like a silly thing. We, um, you know, your family seems super normal until you get married and your husband comes to a family thing and then you get in the car and he goes, oh my word, your family is so crazy when they do this. Anybody have that experience? Okay, let's just say your husband's families are all crazy. You get in the car after you've been there. But one of the first things that Jeff said to me when we, after he came to our first family gathering was, nobody in your family listens to each other. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, 
everybody, everybody just has having their own conversations and talking all the time, and you're talking all over each other. And, and Jeff comes from a family, they're all very quiet. And so when someone's talking, everyone's just listening quietly. And after our first family dinner, he goes, I was exhausted because I was like trying to pay attention to the next person, and somebody else is talking and he's trying to pay attention. He goes, You all just talk, 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 and nobody listens. And I realize that's true that I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, we all have so much to say that I never got into a really good habit of listening to other people. And so one way that God really challenged me of a way to train my brain is to listen very carefully when someone is talking to me. Now, you might know that I'm, that I'm like distracted by thinking about something else, but for a lot of times, you know, we can stand up, and I do this especially with my kids. They start telling me about something, and I'm thinking, oh, I could care less about this thing that you are going into 20 minutes of detail about. And I'm thinking there, and you know what? A really good way for me to start training my brain was to sit there going, listen to what they're saying this and what are they talking about focus 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 listen listen is something about a video game oh my gosh this is really pushing me but forcing my mind to focus and listen and paying attention is a really good exercise in making it do what you want it to do Instead of talking to somebody and then your lines start floating out there and you're thinking, what am I going to have lunch today? Da, 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 da. Or maybe I'll think about what am I going to do later on? Did I put that laundry in the next? Did I switch it over? Is it still in the dryer? Is it going to be smelly now because I waited too long? And Listening is a really great way to train your brain to focus. It's just something that I have started to do. It's, it's A, it's not only kind of, the loving and kind thing to do to actually listen to people when they're talking to you, but it is tr it's a great way to train your mind to focus on what's right in front of you instead of letting it go all over the place. So that's one thing that I have found that helps me train my mind. Another one is watching mindless moments. Now, everybody has mindless moments. These are moments where you might be busy with your hands. You might be doing something that's kind of a monotonous chore or a job, but it's the place that you don't have to really be engaging your mind, and so your mind tends to wander. So for me, doing the dishes is a huge mindless moment because I'm at my kitchen sink all the time, and I'm not really having to, like, think about what I'm doing. So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I realize I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about this, I'm starting to get irritated about that. Um, the shower is another one. I tell lots of people off in my shower. <laughs> like, I get in there, and I start thinking about I'm like, and what would you ever that is like, how dare you? You know, all the things that I would never say out loud, but I, I can do a good tell-off in the shower or cleaning my house. So if I'm really mad, I can get my house clean like that because I'm walking around and how dare you? You know, where are your mindless moments? Where are the places that you find your mind tends to wander? Anybody? Oh, you don't do that. Oh, Debbie has one. At night, lying in bed. Can't sleep. Yes, lying in bed. Okay, anybody else? Driving. Driving is huge. Yes. Anybody else? Oh, yeah. Yeah, something just sparks a thought, and then it kind of goes on. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Those mindless moments. Where? Vacuuming. Yeah. Yes, for sure. I don't do that very often, but that'll just stay, stay right here and on the internet. <laughs> Anybody else have a mindless moment that they think about? Cooking, 
Yeah. So it's just those, I found whenever my hands are busy, but I'm not having to really engage my brain for what I'm doing, those are the times that I find my minds tend to wander. And so I have had to start get really diligent when I'm in training, when I find that my, my brain has been going, my mind, my thoughts have been going where they shouldn't go. I've had to get really, really particular about how I'm going to handle mindless moments. I go into it prepared. It's girding up the loins, okay? I'm, go- I'm getting ready to clean my house. And you know what? Those, those three things that are kind of in the back of my mind that have been bothering me, I'm pretty sure that three minutes into cleaning my house they're going to start stirring around over and over again and so I've started going into mindless moments purposeful so saying okay I'm getting ready to go and I'm um, for me a car ride was a huge thing if I'd have like to go a you know, I have a 20 minute car ride oh man and that thing that's bothering me so I started giving myself an assignment so let's say you're getting ready to clean your house or something you can say okay for the next 20 minutes Um, While I'm cleaning this room, I'm going to pray for this child in this room. And so starting going around, and and, and when my mind starts to like, oh, you know, not prayers, not worry prayers, not prayers that start out like, oh, bless them, Lord, and I don't know why you're letting their friends be mean to them, Lord, and why? Not those kind of prayers. That's not what we're talking about. And I pray, again, praying scripture over my children because that gives me very specific promises. It's the real deal. This is not a hope and a dream, but Lord, you have given them, you have plans for them to prosper them and not harm them. And in the name of Jesus right now, as I'm picking up their socks, I am praying that today, every place their feet goes, that they will find friends. I pray that they will be a light for your kingdom. I give myself an assignment. And you know, the difference between when that job is done and I have spent that time being purposeful in my mind about how I'm going to approach it as opposed to just getting through that job and have let my mind move to worry, anxiety, fear, whatever. The difference in how I feel is so different. And so when you start to find yourself, okay, this is a really hard place for me, Lord. I'm, 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 I'm vacuuming and my mind is going all over. Give yourself an assignment. Maybe it's, there are plenty of things to pray for. I promise you won't run out. You know, just your kids, your spouse, your church, your community, your neighbors. Um, My my parents, uh, over the last couple years, it was so sweet. They just had such a burden for all of their neighbors um, just to, to come to faith. And so they started going for walks. And again, walks are another time where your mind can start wandering. And they would pray for every per every house that they walked past so my mom would pray for the houses on the left and my dad would pray so they would walk past and Jesus we pray for this house we pray you would bless them and they would just every night go through their entire neighborhood and pray for every single house that those people would have peace in their homes and that they would find Jesus so maybe you're running and you're like oh man I can't keep my thoughts under control put some worship music on start praying whatever that is don't let mindless moments Let your thoughts go off the rails. Control your thoughts. So don't refuse to let them just stay on the negative. Um, Mark Twain said this quote. I thought it was so good. Drag your thoughts away from your troubles by the ears, by the heels, or any way you can manage it. When you feel it, you just take the reins back. A lot of times I think we think, well, I just can't help it. It just keeps going there. Well, then you show your mind who's boss. You don't have to be a slave to your thoughts. Control them. Bring them back over. You might have to do it every 30 seconds. Remind them that they are not in charge of you, but do it. And the more you do it, the more you will transform that. 
Don't allow your mind to camp out on things that are not good for you. Reign in your thought life. Now, sometimes it's hard uh, to just say, I'm not going to think about that, right? It's like when you, when you, have you ever thought, I'm not going to think about that anymore? And then all you can do is think about that. So that's why I keep saying, replace it with something else. So that I have found the, the easiest way to start thinking about something you don't want to think about is to replace it with something else. That's why scripture is so great. That's why prayers are so great. That's why um, just replacing it with something else. That's why listening to worship music is great because it not only are you saying I'm not going to think that, but I'm replacing it with something lovely. Psalm 119.95 says, Though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, I will quietly keep my mind on your laws. So just imagine this battle going on in your, your flesh and your mind, and the enemy is trying to, to constantly pull you over into this side of thinking the worst and thinking negative and thinking anxious. I will quietly keep my mind on your laws. When we really understand the truth of how much Jesus has got us, you guys, oh my goodness, he's got us then it changes everything. We just have to get into the habit of rehearsing the faithfulness of God. Um, I started, this is another thing that I replace negative thoughts. When I start thinking negative thoughts, I start saying, okay, I'm going to remember the faithfulness of God. Lord, I remember that time that we did not know financially how we were going to make it, and I walked out to the mailbox, and there was a check there. And I stood there and I cried because I rem- you, you were faithful. You knew our need and you provided for it. Lord, I remember that time that my daughter was really struggling and I, came and I asked you for help and you met her there and you walked us through that season. Lord, I remember that sickness that we went through and we didn't know how we were going to get through it. And yet I remember specifically those moments. And if you can't remember, go through your journals. Go back and read them. Remember the faithfulness of God. Rehearse that in your mind. Remember those things that he's done. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. He has been with us through all these things. If we can choose to rehearse the faithfulness of God, we will help keep our minds under control. And lastly, raise the bar. Raise the bar on what you think about. Um, I went through a season many years ago where I just was critical. I just was I just felt like everything around, I was just so annoyed with everybody all the time. I'm sure none of you, it's probably when my kids weren't sleeping. Everything's way more annoying annoying when you're not sleeping at all. But I just remember, I just felt critical. I just felt like, and it, it almost got into a habit. It almost gets into a habit where you just, like, you start kind of the real things around you. You're just like, I don't know why why they're doing it that way. And then it can, like, it can blossom into everything. Like, you can walk into Target. Why? would they put the cereal right here? Like, don't you think they could find a better thing? And then after a while, you just kind of be like, I am just, (laughs) I'm so annoying myself. I'm offending myself with how critical I am. And I actually had a really interesting, so I was kind of in this season and I, I saw a friend that I hadn't seen for a long time. And I got into such a habit of kind of just spewing. And I was around people who were the same way. So I had friends that were that way. And so as soon as we would all get together, everybody would just start chirping, chirping, chirping. I know that that was played a huge part in it is because they were, oh, can you believe that they're, yes, I know, it's so frustrating. And you can start to just get in that environment and you don't even realize you're doing it. And after a few weeks of being like that, I remember I saw a friend that I hadn't seen. And so I forgot what friend group I was with. And I sat down next to this friend, and I just started off like, can you even believe? And I started kind of in this, and I'll never, ever 
as long as I live, forget the look on this person's face. Just absolute disappointment in me. Like, what are you doing? And they were loving enough to look at me and go, what are you doing? And all of a sudden I went, it was like somebody shined a light. And I went, that has just become a habit. I've just been thinking that way. I've just been acting that way. And I had to make some changes in the way that I acted. I had to make some definite changes in the way once I got around those, those other friends again. And some of those friendships didn't last very long once I decided I wasn't going to be entertaining that kind of criticism anymore. You have to raise the bar on what you allow going through your heart, going through your mind, coming off of your lips. You think of how much time we waste worrying about things, being critical of things. Think about how much time and energy you waste on just stuff that doesn't matter. Imagine if you took all that mental energy and put it into prayers and put it into remembering things and put it into encouraging. We have to raise the bar in our own minds. We have allowed ourselves to just sit in the muck long enough And you can kind of just get comfortable there. Sometimes you don't even realize you're there, but you've just kind of let the bar be about right here for what you're allowing to go through your mind. Raise the bar. Bring it up. One of my favorite quotes, and I don't know if that's, I put it in the book or not. Um, I can't remember how it goes. Simple people talk about, oh, it's next week's. It's talking. Never mind, you'll have to wait until next week. Raise the bar in what you think about. Um, Philippians 4, 8 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, on honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So in uh, girls' ministry, I do this with girls, and I've done it with, with my kids when they have been struggling with, I just keep, and Dottie always comes down, I'm thinking bad thoughts, I'm thinking bad thoughts, I'm scared, I'm thinking bad thoughts. We do this. I'll go, okay, whatever. That's our W, whatever. And it's for this verse. Whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, whatever is um, honorable, Think about those things. And so I'll say, okay, what's that thought? Well, I'm thinking that someone might come and try and hurt you. Okay, is that true? No. Is that lovely? Is that a good thing to think about? No. Okay, is that, is that um, a, a happy thought? Is it admirable? Is it right? Nope. Okay, well, then we're not going to think about that. Now let's replace it with what is true. God's watching over our family. That's right. What is lovely? Um, what's lovely is puppy dogs. Yes, let's think about puppy dogs, <laughs> right? Now that I just gave you the eight-year-old version, but let me tell you, let's be very clear. There are times I'm like, I think I'm going to think about puppy dogs today. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to do. So I literally, sometimes my mind will be like, oh, I'm thinking I'm in the dregs and I stop and I'll go, all right, all right, mama, whatever, whatever, what is true? What you are thinking about Christy Kerr is not true, Stop living there. It is not lovely. Why would we spend time thinking about things that are not lovely? We are just asking for a world of misery for ourselves because we choose to think of things that are not lovely. Is it pure? Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And now I know that some people tend to be more optimistic than others naturally. I get that. 
but you have a choice to make whether or not you're going to think about all of the negative things or whether you're going to think about all the good things. It's just that simple. Yes, there are always going to be bad things. It doesn't mean we walk around in denial, but we can choose what we fix our thoughts on, what we're meditating on, what we tend to rehearse over and over again. We've said in worship for years, we can choose what we're going to magnify. We choose what we're going to magnify. Now, magnify means you put a magnifying glass over it and you can make it look bigger. So we can choose to magnify the negative thing and make it look really big. And that's why it's so important when we worship, we say we magnify God. We magnify him and we say, okay, this is true, but truer still is who you are. I'm going to choose to believe. I'm going to magnify all the things that you are. I'm not going to magnify my problems. I'm going to magnify you. I'm going to make that bigger. Who you are is bigger than my problems. And so I choose to magnify you instead of magnifying this thing. It doesn't mean that it isn't there. But we can choose what we're going to think about. So raise the bar in what you think about. Philippians 4.8 that I just said my whatever verse in the message says this. Summing it all up, friends, I say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true and noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me and what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work in you, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. We need to think on the best and not the worst. Last scripture, Colossians 3, 2. Think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth. So I am praying today that this week you would have some moments where you get your mind filled with the Spirit, being led by Christ, that you will practice discipline and self-control in what you think about. It is not easy. <laughs> it sounds all nice. Like, just don't think about that. Well, I know the battle. I know how hard it is. I was actually talking to a friend. This is a really good, this has helped me a lot lately. Her, her sister was going to a counselor for anxiety. And she said, the counselor said to her, most people, our brains are like a colander or sieve, right? So a thought comes in and it kind of runs through and runs out, just like a, a colander. And she's, uh, this counselor said to her sister who was struggling so much with anxiety, you've, you've taken out your sieve and you've replaced it with a bowl. So every thought you've had, it's coming in and it's sitting there and it's staying and it's circling and it's circling. And what happens if you let water stand for a long time? It just, it's just gets gross and it gets, you know, you start thinking on it over and over and over again, it gets polluted, it gets nasty, it gets, and it just keeps, and then you keep adding to it. So I have been lately, one of the ways I've been training my mind is I picture my mind as a sieve. So if a thought comes in, because they will, right, we're <laughs> not all human, you're going to have a negative thought come in, you're going to have something like that. When it comes in, I literally am like, whoosh, <laughs> like, I'm just going to let that come in, all right, I'm letting that go. That's not true. That's not lovely. And that's a really great analogy as you're, as you're working on controlling your mind. You might have a thought come in. You might have something come in. Instead of just letting it sit there and circle around and swim around, just let it rush through, run through, and remind yourself of the truth of God's word. I thought that was a really, really helpful thing. 
So let's pray, and then we have a little, a few questions that you can discuss. But I just want to pray specifically that God would help you uh, this this week with the battle in our minds. Jesus, we really need your help in this area. Lord, I recognize that so often the things going through my mind are neither true or lovely or pure or reputable. They are not beautiful and lovely, but Lord, my mind, for whatever reasons, tends to magnet towards the broken and the ugly and the difficult and the hard and the, the unjust. And so, Lord, we desperately need your help when it comes to controlling our minds. And Father, just as we said, with every topic in this study, the Holy Spirit will produce this good fruit in us. And so we just come to you today asking for your help. We know that there are things that we can do. There are things that we can do to train ourselves. But Father, all our best efforts are nothing if your Holy Spirit isn't in control of our minds. And so we first of all just lay our minds before you and ask you to come. And Spirit, we give you full reign of the things that we think about. We give you control of our minds. Father, uh, quicken our spirits when we have pulled it back over to the flesh and let us quickly move our minds back over to the things of the Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would just free every woman in this place who has been struggling with anxiety, who, Lord, is is feeling like that thing is going to happen and I won't be able to cope, and she's feeling the weight of that, and over and over and over again, the enemy just keeps tapping her on the shoulder that this might happen, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would remove all of that, And today you would replace it with the knowledge of no matter what happens, you are with us. Even if the worst thing possible could could happen, Lord, the flames will not overtake us. We will walk through the floodwaters and we will not drown you because you are with us. And even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that you are with us, your rod and your staff go with us and bring us comfort. So, Lord, I pray today that there would be a renewing of every mind of every woman in this place, that we would fix our thoughts on you, and that you would help us to not let our thoughts go wherever they want to go. We thank you that you're faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, here's your assignment for doing discipline this week. Your assignment is to train your brain. Focus on giving people your full attention when they talk to you. I would like to hear all about your daughter's, you know, every detail about who did what in her class and all. (laughs) Um, Give yourself an assignment when you find yourself wandering into dangerous, mindless moment territory. So when you're vacuuming or washing the dishes, give yourself an assignment. Practice training your brain and spend the week asking the Holy Spirit to fill your mind and help you discipline your thoughts. So that's your assignment this week. There's a few um, questions there that you can talk through with your group. We have a few minutes, and then we can end, uh, gather prayer requests, and then maybe spend some time praying for one another. All right, we'll see you next week.